welcome to episode 395 of the Steel Cage Podcast. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as Andrew Howard. He's shaking his head now. Uh, and I am joined this week for an, a big week of wrestling, huge, gigantic week of wrestling, with one of our friends from the Matt Mania podcast coming to you from the lab here in Phoenix, Arizona. It's the one and only G1 to my rescue, G1. Yo, what's going on? What's up, man? How are how are you enjoying uh, this particular overload period of wrestling? Because, man, we had a lot to deal with this week. Yeah, straight up. It's been a real crazy week. It's been an extremely crazy week. I, I mentioned prior to us being on air that uh, I indulged in AEW All Out, Raw, and SmackDown, but then I totally forgot. I did watch a little bit of... Uh, of NXT TakeOver as well. So it's just, not only has it been like a crazy week in wrestling, it's been a solid week in wrestling. Like everything across the board, product-wise, regardless of promotion, has been really good. So yes, really yes. Awesome. That's that's well said. I actually put a, a poll out on the Steel Cage Twitter account, and I wanted mm-hmm. to know what people thought of the weekend shows, and I, I gave the option of if you liked All Out more, if you like NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff more. And I gave a third option of stop making me choose. And that right. was that was the thing people selected the most is is the stop making me choose thing. I, I feel like we're finally getting into a period of time where wrestling fans, I, you're still going to have your people taking sides. But for the most part, I think wrestling fans just realize this is a great time in wrestling and a great time to enjoy it all. It's a great time to be a fan, man. You can really take advantage of the moments. Like I, you know, I'm like many people that listen to this show and like many of you, you know, I'm from the the era, you know, prior to, to streaming right. and prior to DVDs and everything like that. Um, I was definitely a fan of all three. Uh, so, yeah, WWF, WCW, and ECW. And see, growing up in Chicago, um, on one of our local stations back home, Channel 26, the U, all of the Saturday night shows used to come on, used to come on an hour after another. So they had like a three-hour block on Saturday night oh, where it man. was like whatever the WWF show was called, then it would be WCW Saturday night, and then it would be ECW Hardcore TV back to back. So I was watching all three by default because not only would they do batches on the show, but they would also give you highlights on what happened throughout the week. So yes. I, you yes. know, I'm going to tune into everything first and foremost because that's just how I grew up. So I don't have a particular preference. If it's dope, it's dope. That's it's dope. What it is. It's dope. Uh, dope MC is a dope MC. Uh, I I think the thing for me is is you're right. Like just you saying that reminds me of how hard I used to have to try to watch wrestling. Like the efforts <laughs> that I went through, going to like the video store, renting tapes of old pay per views that I never got to see, or you know trying to find stuff because especially out here in Phoenix, it wasn't as easy. Uh, when I went back to Syracuse, when I when I lived in Syracuse, that's really when I got into ECW and I started you know getting getting the exposure to a lot of that other stuff, but. You know, if it wasn't on the major networks, I wasn't able to catch it. And I tried really hard, you know, like I I think I think back when TNT debuted, how hard I worked to try to watch TNT, like (laughs) TNA, sorry, not TNT, TNA, Uh, like TNA, you know, and I would read results and I would do whatever I could just to kind of stay up on it. And it always sounded really cool and exciting. You know, Um, I think that right now it's it's so easy to access this stuff and it's so much fun that uh, it's, it's a great time. Now I, I will say 
All Out for me was a weird. I watched it in a weird way. So I didn't watch it. I can't, I can't, I can't really judge it. You know, like I watched first, I watched some matches just kind of spotty. And then the thing I was watching went out. I'm, I was totally whatever. We're not going to get on how I was watching it, but it, I watched, I watched it almost like in match, you know, match after match in, in weird kind of uh, order, but I enjoyed you it. Watch it on the toilet? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was watching some of it on my phone. I was, uh, I was actually at, uh, I was covering a baseball game that night. So it was really hard to uh, kind of keep okay. up with it. But I was also, you know, I was also like trying to watch things live when I could. Um, right. and it was just, it was, in my opinion, it was terrific, but I will also say that AEW to me, uh, is the, the newness is wearing off, which is fine. Because it's not to say like, oh, it, it's going to be new forever. It happened with NXT. It happened. It happens with every shiny new toy we get, right? But mm-hmm. there, there was parts of that show where they were going so hard, uh, especially during the Bucks and the Lucha Bros match, that I oh, just, yeah. I just like there was there's a time in my head that that was like these guys are going to kill themselves trying to like one up the impress. last show they did and impress, right? Yeah. You know, I don't know. What what were your thoughts? Like, are you still really into AEW and everything they're doing? I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know if that, that level, now these are all pay-per-views, so I don't even know how to judge it, right? But it almost feels like it's going to be hard to, to maintain that on a week-to-week level once they start having a weekly paper or weekly show. And I, I hope they don't try to do that, you know? Yeah, and I and, and and this was some this was definitely something that I I uh, I talked about before. Like with with the AEW product as it is right now until October second, that's all you've been getting is uh, is pay per views. And so I guess my theory on that is, you know, if I'm gonna pay fifty dollars for for some shit, I want a pay per view quality event. Right. I don't want to feel like I don't want to feel like I wasted my money. So. You know, if if that means that it's it's some crazy spots going on, and it's some other stuffs like that. Listen, people that wrestle know what they're getting into. They know what type of contracts they sign. They know what they're capable of on a regular basis, and they know what they body could take. Me, I, I I don't give a shit. I'm not the one out there doing it. So, and and not that I, you know, what I'm saying, and not that I have like a lack of respect for the for the ones that are out sure. there. Sure. Yeah. I absolutely. Respect for the wrestling business, but like I say, they know where their strengths and their weaknesses are. Right. So my whole thing is not necessarily like I feel like by the time they get to a weekly product, the there's definitely going to be some pacing, and the matches aren't going to be as extreme. I feel like we're going to get a lot more like quality, just solid one-on-one matches amongst stars when it comes to the weekly product. We may get a couple of good tag team matches here and there, but they're not going to go spot crazy like they go on the pay-per-views because they know at the end of the day that people, especially once they do the whole Warner Media thing, people can just stream the the AEW weekly show, you know, without paying a, a goo gag of money. I literally dropped 50 bucks on on this all-out thing. I mean, gratuitous plug, you know, I, I did the theme <laughs> song, but... That's another story. Um, outside of that, though. Uh, hey, 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 hey. That is not to be glossed over. That was a <laughs> badass theme song, and I thought it was dope, and I'm very proud of you guys doing your thing, man. I mean, that's cool. And I was a little salty that they, did, that they didn't use the full song, but still to, to watch a pay-per-view and in between matches as they're talking about the next matches to kind of hear my beat yeah. lingering in the background. Yeah, yeah. And, and, for those of you listening that have watched the show, 
I, from a fan perspective, was looking out in the crowd to see who in the arena was nodding. <laughs> and, and sure enough, like black folks, white folks, you know, everybody was nodding. And, and I felt a sense of pride in that because yeah. all that happened just outside of my hometown. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, okay, they feeling this. This is dope. No, that's it's, awesome. It, it, it's been great to be there, but, uh, you know, just time and money not permitting. More so money not permitting. I, I got yeah. time to do whatever. Well, and, and that's, a, that's a really good point. Like, they're pulling off a lot of shows. I've seen a lot of people that are trying to make every AEW show. And, I mean, man, it's like – it's all of this excitement about it, you know, being this new thing. Right. And like the cool thing about it is just like with you, there's, there's so many people getting opportunities. I think that's the, that's the coolest thing about AEW seeing the people who they're reaching out to, not just wrestlers, but I mean, people within the industry, uh, people that they brought over. I personally, you know, a lot of people talk about the hiring of Paul Heyman and, um, Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff for WWE. And they talk about that being a big, deal something that AEW probably you know helped push in that direction absolutely uh, i think i i personally think that they were scared about AEW stealing those guys away because of their creative potential and the and the talent that AEW is kind of gathering not just again not just wrestlers but everybody that i mean if they would have if they would have possibly gotten their hooks into a paul Heyman or an eric bischoff that would have been, you know, one of those things that would have been detrimental to WWE. I can understand their their move there. And not only that, but that move makes their product better. I think, though, with AEW giving the opportunities that they have and, and things, everything's been very positive. But we've seen it turn. Like, they've they've gotten some criticism. They've There's been a lot of weird... I won't even say like there's some bad luck, some negativity, some bad things happening. It's going to happen with every wrestling show. Right. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate, you know, it's unfortunate that there's uh, something occurring with Kylie Ray where she's having to step away from AEW. It's, it's yeah, a lot of people are because uh, as somebody that's from Chicago, I I've been to quite a few freelance, uh, freelance wrestling uh, events back home. And yeah. Kylie Ray was one of my favorites. And yeah. when she got the AEW sign, I was like super happy when I seen it that first, I was like, man, and yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, man. It's a, Ah, it's, it's interesting, but, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, having something that's new on this scale, because, I mean, let's keep it all the way 100, wrestling promotions pop up and, and shut down every single fucking week word. around the world. <laughs> so true. Promotions we never known of. So it's like for, for something to be fresh, new, backed by this kind of bag, on this kind of scale with these type with these caliber this caliber of executive vice presidents uh running the show and they're gonna give the opportunity to the people that don't mind hustling to the people that don't mind working and they're gonna make sure that they have a bag that's almost as equal they you know they may not be yeah. able to exactly do exactly do Vince McMahon numbers, but this company is backed by the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But they're, they're also, they're also going to let them have a different amount of freedom. So even if, you know what I mean? It's kind of like having that job where you only have to work three days a week and you're like, well, you know, the old job I had to work five days a week. I made a little bit more money there, but now I'm only working three days a week and I basically make the same money. It's not, you know, it's, it's definitely a plus. And I think, especially considering, that's the one thing that's crazy to me is considering wrestlers are what they are, 
right? Mm-hmm. They're athletes. They really yeah. are athletes, and they're not treated like that. Uh, I think about, like, sport teams and, and how, like, any football team or basketball team or whatever couldn't run a player out there, you know, four or five times a week every single week for an entire year for, like, two years. They can't do that shit. Right. You can't. And that's the kind of thing that I think is a benefit for AEW. Um, now, I was going to ask you before we moved on from All Out, what was uh, what was some highlights for you? What was some of your favorite matches? For me, obviously, I love the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. That shit got so crazy and mental. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I felt uncomfortable watching it at times. But, I mean, in today's day and age where it's so hard to kind of give me that feeling, I feel like that's mm-hmm. a really good thing, you know, that they were able to make it out uninjured and yet still make me have the gasps that I had while watching, you know, that match. Absolutely. Uh, very, very brief statement to piggyback on what you were talking about a second ago. Um, more than athletes, these guys are artists and yeah. anything in anything in the arts, even, even me speaking from perspective of an artist myself, it, money's great. Money, money's fucking awesome. But if, if I'm going to be offered uh, six, seven figures without any type of creative control. It's it's not worth it to me. You know what I'm saying? This is this is my life's work. You know what I'm saying? For some wrestlers, this is stuff that they dreamed about. They 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 stood in their their bedroom and and, and put drawers over they over they long johns and and headbands and they looked at they you know and they looked in the mirror and they created characters and they. Yep bust weird ass moves on their cousins and shit to try to test shit out. So now they get to grow up and they basically get to play fight for real in front of 16,000 people and be these characters who they picture themselves as in the mirror. It's like you want some type of creative control and, and people can say what they want about John Moxie being ungrateful for what WWE is there for him now that he's all happy and spending AEW. But let's call it what it is. He's not worried about the money no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. more, it's, it, he wasn't worried about the money to begin with. His dream was to be a professional wrestler and for him to show what the fuck he can do, not what somebody else can do through him. Sure. Writers and shit living vicariously through these guys. But anyway, that's a whole other story. No, you're right, though. The business is equally as I love no, music, man. It's just, it, it feels good. So I got, I, got, I got in a weird... But before we go get to that, I mean, just to, again, to build on what you're saying, man. I mean, I got uh, in a weird discussion with my brother about that because my brother's an actual artist, right? He does uh, art. And I thought it was really whack that Shaquille O'Neal was trying to get all these people to solicit or trying to get people to enter a contest to make cartoons about these stories that he did. And at the end of the day, he only wanted to pay a winner, the winner of the contest, 500 bucks. And that was, that's this contest. Yeah. They wanted people, animators and artists to create shorts, cartoons that were about these stories that you could get from his website or whatever and you know they're going to use all the cartoons, right? right. You know they're going to show all of them, but they're only right. going to pay the winner five hundred bucks. And Shaq got Shaq got ratioed on this on Twitter because all of these artists were like, "You're not even going to pay the winner like what that winner would get as a professional artist for creating a Shaq. cartoon like that. You're not even yeah. going to pay them cl- like make the prize five grand." And then exactly. and then maybe people won't see it as being such a ridiculous, you know. Uh, 
theft of, of people's creative ideas and, and designs and stuff, right? But it was weird because I talked to my brother about it, and he's an artist, and I expected him to completely be like, yeah, fuck Shaq and all that kind of stuff. And he wasn't. He has this weird, like, well, those people are probably all un- not professionals, and they probably, you know, don't really deserve to get paid a professional rate until they're blah, blah, blah. Like, it's such a weird thing. And I've seen that exact kind of mentality in wrestling too. Right. And it's yeah. like, it's so weird to me. Like I get, I get paying your dues. I get being new and shit and whatever. But mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, all of these people, they're all going out there. Even, even if it's a show at a high school gym in front of 50 people, they're still going they're out there and putting there. their lives on the line, their careers on the line to do a match Absolutely. in front of those people. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's always to be respected and thought of. And, you know, honestly, even what you're saying about John Moxley, John Moxley had to come out and say this stuff. John Moxley, unfortunately, had to experience this. And a lot of guys, you know, in WWE have also experienced the exact same thing John Moxley has gone through. But I feel like him doing what he did and, and, voicing it like he did changed the wrestling industry i mean he made stuff better for people in wwe by by, by outing up. them by speaking up right mm-hmm. cm cm punk at starcast found it to be ludicrous that wrestlers get like time off now you know like he was like <laughs> it was just like two years ago i was bitching about the fact that they never gave time off and now they're giving guys time off like when he was told some of the stuff about like the current way wrestlers are treated in their schedules, it blew his mind because he has been gone, you know, a very short period of time from WWE. And yet in a way, all of his gripes and all of John Moxley's gripes, which were valid gripes have helped to make things better for the guys at WWE. It's unfortunate. It doesn't affect them now, but Mm -hmm. it, it did make, you know, it had a lasting effect that hopefully will make wrestling, you know, as a whole better, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. No, I, I totally agree with you, one hundred and thirteen percent. But um, if you were if you're asking me about my highlights for the for the show, yes, yes. Um, man, I mean, first and foremost, off top, the one of the biggest highlights for me is not even the highlight that everybody else would mention. One of the biggest highlights for me, I absolutely enjoy not just the Jurassic Express as a whole, <laughs> but Luchasaurus showed his ass in this show. He he tends tends to show, he tends to have one moment where he shows out every pay-per-view, but this pay-per-view, oh, he was on bullshit. He just thought he was just a cruiserweight, huh? Okay, so you're a a 6'6", 280-some-odd-pound dude. You went from second rope, springboard, swanton bomb on five people, you get the hot tag at one point. You come in there, you busting uh, street fighter kicks on motherfuckers. And I never thought in a million years I would see a choke slam followed by a standing moonsault and a rather perfect one. I'm just like, yo, this dude is crazy. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. This is a big ass undertaker size motherfucker yep. with the uh, athleticism. The undersnaker. Um, yeah, <laughs> the under snaker man like i i I'm, I'm a big i'm a big brother fan right and so mm-hmm. he he was on a season of big brother and for, was he? Wow. he was yeah he was 
he had this whole, he made it very far in the season. He had this whole love affair with like this girl that was a twin and her twin was in the house. It was a whole messed up thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's Big Brother. It's reality TV. So when he like actually came back to wrestling because he was, he was a wrestler. That's what he talked about being on the show, Mm -hmm. but he was still in WWE developmental at the time. And, uh, you know, this was, I hadn't seen him, didn't know anything about him. And this was my first, you know, exposure to him. And I always thought like after that, that I was going to have a real hard time taking him seriously from that point on. And to Mm -hmm. be honest, I've, I've had this with other guys and I was able to get over it. Um, but when he showed up in Lucha as, you know, this, as the Luchasaurus, mm-hmm. I, like, I remember being like, I am never going to fucking get over this. This is not <laughs> the gimmick to get me over past. Like, this is ridiculous. This is absurd. I can't, I can't. Right. And that here I am just like you completely floored by him and his performance. And I absolutely love him. I I've the, all of that shit I just talked is all in the past for me. And all I see him as is being the Luchasaurus. It's like his gimmick not only ended up being really good, but the pairing with Jungle Boy is like that. That's that like puzzle piece fitting into another puzzle piece just perfectly. It's it, it made all the sense in the world. They're super cool together. Just everything about it. I, just, I love it. I'm, I'm with you 100. Uh, percent I I thought I'm that was an out, absolutely outstanding. I can't believe this is him. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him from Big Brother. Well, and I, when I did not watch Big Brother. I remember that face. Yeah. Holy shit. Right. Yeah. That's for crazy. sure. It's it's a trip, wow. right? But I'm saying, um, I I think that that's that's always a really cool thing in wrestling. I I give Miz a lot of credit for that because. I had a hard problem with that for years until I got past that with the Miz. And it's, it's not, it's not easy because it's in my head. It's not something that those, they, them as wrestlers can control. But when you start just performing and doing a gimmick where you're completely leaning into that gimmick and you're just full fledged into it the way that like Luchasaurus is, it's, it's awesome. You know? And I, I like, I don't know. I I loved even the the shit on being the elite where they were like in the supermarket with Jungle Boy on his shoulders getting the like the the stuff from the high shelves and stuff. Like I I just I dig it, you know. It's kind of like I told Space Monkey cuz I saw Space Monkey at a show I was at uh, a few weeks ago and I told him like his gimmick is one of my favorite gimmicks just because it's silly, it's ridiculous, it's fun, but it just all fits together so well and he pulls it off so well. It's the same kind of thing, right? And I don't know. It's wrestling. Not everybody can be just dude in black trunks, super ripped guy. We need other people to be <laughs> giant dinosaurs and shit like that. So I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I'm glad and he's around. To Marco Stunt as well. Man. No like, shit. Like those three, those three, the, the Jurassic Express, as they're now known, it, it's, it's such a, a solid team. And I seen an old picture of, uh, of, of Drake, excuse me, Luchasaurus and, uh, Jungle Boy, when he was super young, I seen them training together, or you know, a picture of them in training together. I'm like, they've known each other that long. Yeah, yeah. And I forgot how, and I forgot how young uh, Jungle Boy is. You know, yeah. he's only like 21 or so. Um, gotta not be easy for him losing a file at a young age like that, huh? celebrity or not. That that shit sucks. No, uh, not at all, man. And especially like a father that was supporting your career and all of that. You know. Him and his wrestling dreams went yeah. to shows, did his thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Luchasaurus was definitely one of the highlights of the show. Um, I absolutely loved um, 
Cody and Sean Spears. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really good. Yes. It was, it was really it was a really solid match in terms of psychology, but outside of that, um one of the things that we did one of the things that we talked about uh this week on Matt Mania is how uh WWE for some unexplained reason has this weird thing about burying their legends, you know, from from the early days of Randy Orton doing the legend killer shit to to now uh you know the fiend and this whole like just the burying of the legends meanwhile AEW seems to embrace their legends and want their legends to be a part of more serious shit more serious storylines you know hence like I said you got Tully Blanchard out here with uh with Spears very serious character very dope situation and then mid-match when all that commotion is going on, you get double A still with probably the best spine buster in the business. Absolutely. 60 somewhere. And I'm like, see, this is the, the when you if you're gonna if you're gonna throw legends in a situation like this, utilize your legends the way they should be utilized. Give them their flowers while they can still smell them. The only legends that they don't do that type of shit to is like Booker T and Diamond Dallas Page because they know better. The, the, the first time I seen DDP in the ring in a while was at All In uh, busting somebody with a diamond cutter. I, I was like, hell yeah. That's the shit I want to see if I'm going to see legends at a new wrestling show. You're so absolutely I right. I appreciate uh, them giving these people that that have that have been a big part of our lives growing up their flowers why they can still smell them yeah. so that's what i really appreciated about that match yeah stop um, stop using them just to get guys over you know yeah, like that's such funny. a weird yeah. thing because it, it doesn't and i know what you're doing a lot of times with the heel shit and whatever but I, I i i don't know i'm i i can't tell you how how much i'm with you on that i also thought it was really weird that they pulled off like a face turn so well with mjf uh, oh, because he's yeah. he's such a piece of shit and like i don't know i i can't he's think of the last time a, a face turn like that's like some wcw shit like an actual face turn because it's always a heel turn it's never a face turn right. like that right you know what it is mjf is a quality piece of shit he is and and you're gonna hate <laughs> you're gonna hate the fact that you love him so much i in my personal opinion mjf is honestly the dopest heel in the industry right now so if they are turning him face it, it it's still, still not gonna stop him from being an asshole no absolutely he's, not absolutely he's not he's gonna be extremely liked for being an asshole uh, but he can wrestle and he just has all the charisma in the world i i love mjf i can't express how much i love that guy AEW um, has two guys like that that are the best that you could say. And it's like, it's the bookends. It's, it's yeah. the young guy like that in MJF. And then it's the, Jericho. it's the grizzled veteran in Jericho. Right. I mean, man, that man. shit at the end of the show, man, little bit of the bubbly. Like that's the hottest phrase right now in wrestling. And it's so funny sure, because man. Jericho, Jericho could turn like, suffering succotash into some shit that we all love you know like remember when we gave roman so much shit for that like jericho could use it and we would be like put it on a t-shirt right you know what i'm saying like they in it and and i'm sorry that's how crazy wrestling fans are sometimes we give jerry we give like roman reigns so much shit 
for only having three moves, this, that, and the third. I mean, Jericho doesn't have the biggest arsenal. And you know what he's gotten over recently? A fucking elbow. How about that? <laughs> Take that, wrestling world. Your favorite wrestler has a back elbow for a finisher, something I see people do in mid-match all the time. Right? <laughs> but Jericho somehow gets it over. He makes it important. That's uh, that's th- such a New Japan pro wrestling thing because Isn't that's it, how though? yeah, because that's how I felt watching New Japan the first time. Like some of the matches, some of the moves were like, it's like wait, a clothesline is this finisher? Wait, yeah, what? You yeah, know I what I mean? The like first time seeing the rain, I remember the first time I seen the Rainmaker. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's his finisher. That was it. <laughs> Word. <laughs> okay. Oh, I mean, <laughs> no way. You know, he kind of Beybladed him and turned around and. But I mean, but yeah, but but a close line, <laughs> right? right. So I mean, yeah, it's it really is. It it's kind of like the legends thing. It's all yeah. about how you respect yeah, that have thing. Something that he can pull off. Well, no, no. I mean, I mean, it's all about how you respect it. Like yes. any move can be a finisher if you treat it as such, and that's Absolutely. that's the thing. I remember one of the weekends we went to Bola. Uh, Jack Evans was like the heel of the weekend. Uh, one year, I think it was 2015. And he got over by using his finisher was a was a pin. It was a pin. He just kept he just kept pinning guys with some fucking roll up pin thing. And like it made you hate him, but then also laugh because of the absurdity of after all the shit you see at PWG, all the flipping off of ropes, the ridiculous moves, throwing guys into the crowd, all that shit. Jack Evans was winning matches in the tournament left and right with a fucking roll up. And like that, it was so good. It was so good, you know? So, I mean, sometimes it's all about, it's all about the application and and it's all about, you know, that particular you know, the way that way it's respected and treated in that show, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, I got to show love. Um, first and foremost, the, as, as weird as that match was, I got to take hats off to, to, uh, Joey Janela, uh, uh, Darby Allen and fucking Jimmy Havoc for that, Cracker Barrel clash. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did they, they snort before they went out here. I don't know, and man. Did all this. They, they did a lot of drugs. In the man mouth, taped them to a chair. Darby Allen's crazy ass got thumbtacks on the edge of a skateboard, went surfing on motherfucking Janela's back. I'm like, what the fuck? Then he does the coffin drop shit twice. One time he lands, second row gets dude through a table. Other type, he goes back first with a barrel <laughs> for no reason just to land on it that's just insane. Like he has to miss the coffin drop if he hits the coffin drop it just doesn't bring the move as much importance apparently but it's uh those guys are are crazy as hell it's wild it was really it was really a lot of fun to watch you know because i just i just think about you know old ecw matches or i think about like you know what that reminded me of like you know being here in arizona it reminded me of like the first time i went to a party hard event yeah yeah that's a good comparison where you're just like what the hell is going on i have no idea but i like it I, I was at I was at a party hard event and there was a fans bring the weapons match and I was like yo what the, some some kid and when I say kid I literally mean kid some twelve year old kid bought bought a fucking Nerf baseball bat with thumbtacks and I'm like what the fuck hell is yeah 
Hell yeah. What kind of parent is letting that kid make that all Friday afternoon, right? Well, yeah, man. Mom, I ran out of thumbtacks. Do we have some more thumbtacks? I'll get you some more thumbtacks, right? Sure, kid, man. no problem. Sure I love your own son. I love Joey Janela. I really do. I can't yeah. say enough about that guy. I think he's so capable of just at his core being entertaining in every facet right like i think he's he makes great promos he does great promos he does great videos his mid-match shit is funny as hell but then he also goes super hard like with zero consideration for himself or his body or anything like just Mm -hmm. like darby allen right but there's just something about janela man i mean uh, his he's he's doing his what is perceived to be his last show with GCW and like all I can think of is how those two put each other on the map GCW and Janela like oh, yeah. I I don't know if I would know one without the other you know absolutely but it's absolutely. dope and it's uh it, it I don't know it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier it's cool to see guys that you know at one point you watch something dumb of theirs like him fucking jumping off a roof with Danzig or whatever the fuck and, and being like, dude, that's crazy. That guy's going to be something fucking special if he doesn't kill himself. And, you know, then kind of having it come to fruition, you know, watching all the yeah, spring yeah. break things he's done, all of that. Uh, I think GCW or, uh, you know, GCW is going to miss him a lot, but AEW definitely picked up, you know, a, a really, a yeah, really like in more than one way, because I think, He's one of those guys to me that would have like multiple titles at a company like AEW. Like, yeah, he's a wrestler, but did you also know he's our, you know, vice president of, you know, video editing or some shit? Because like he's so good at at doing other things that I think he could definitely like be a director within their their organization uh, to to help other guys do videos and promos especially stuff that's filmed because he's mm-hmm. that's one of his specialties you know Absolutely. I, I just i just think you know it's crazy is talking about AEW i think about how at one time i thought lucha underground wasn't necessarily going to be competition to WWE but i saw lucha underground as being like the next evolution in pro wrestling and, and it's really sad to me now that it that it's gone. But AEW, I will say, it, it feels different. Like I never I never thought I never thought Lucha was gonna be actual competition to WWE. Uh mm-hmm. but AEW feels like it it's getting there. You know, that it yeah, definitely yeah. feels like there could be a viable second option that, you know, most even non wrestling fans know about you know, a year or two from now. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is what would happen. AEW, the best way that I could describe all elite wrestling is imagine a game made by the same developers uh, that make the WWE games. But here's a game where there's a bunch of guys that nobody knows. Well, at least I ain't gonna say nobody knows. We as fans know, but the general public, let's just say a, a video game where you have a bunch of no-name wrestlers, you have uh, blank arenas, you have blank canvas, and let's just say this game is called MYO Wrestling Federation. <laughs> Make okay. your own wrestling federation. 
and it's your job to to customize the guys, customize the moves, customize the arenas, build the guys up, and make it important. They're they're. Wait, where can I where can I buy this game? Can I buy it? Because I want to buy this game. I want to play this. Is it made by AKI? Because I need it to be. One fucking day. But listen, that that's basically what what all elite wrestling is to me. If sure, I was sure. if I was building my own wrestling organization, I want to see some guys who if they did get a shot in the WWE, it would be a while or they would have to take hella steroids or they would be on NXT forever or whatever the situation may be. But guys who I know from the internet world who I feel like are top notch talent. You take them, you give them a platform and a bunch of creative freedom and a little money to shine, and you watch and see what they do. All right, here's your here's your big break. Go go grab it by the balls. You ain't got no time to be shy. Just do your thing. And that's what makes this feel different because WWE uh, is mainly for the business with some fan influence this AEW is for the fans but backed by the business so that's what makes that's what makes it special and i feel like it's something that's going to be around for a while and i don't want to elongate this too much last but not but uh, i'm with you on that um, yeah last but not least man listen the uh, another match that i really have to give credit in terms of psychology um Pack and and Omega, um, I did not expect that ending. No, at all. No, People not even a little bit. Like these guys took each other to the fucking limit. Yeah, there was there was one or two small botchy moments that only people like me and you would would care to notice. But if you look at the overall situation, let's just say that they wore each other out. That's that. That's how I. That's how I looked at it. Like me and my wife. My wife will will indulge in the wrestling more so on behalf of me. She knows Kenny Omega very well, as I've been kind of putting putting you know him in her face, and she's a fan of Omega. But she was really shocked and and thrown by this match, and she was like, "Man, how are they gonna recover from this? How's he gonna win the match? Or is he gonna win the match?" And then when Pac got the Pac got the submission. It was like, yo, they really did that. And, I, <laughs> and she was like, and she was like, well, this don't look like the Kenny Omega that I'm used to. Well, I'm like, well, well, let's just put it like this. If I'm thinking about this from a kayfabe perspective, uh, Kenny Omega has been training for John Moxley for quite some time. He was not prepared for Pac. He had about ten days, if that. <laughs> To, to prepare for a totally different opponent. Sure. Impact caught him off guard. That's yeah. why he wasn't the Kenny Omega that we're used to seeing. He got a couple of shots in, but, yo, Pat got his shine on, and yep. rightfully so, you know, and, it, and it, was, it was a great match of just like, yo, anything that you could do, fuck you, watch this. That's that. That's what this entire match was from the perspective of Pac, and, and I, I thought it was great. <laughs> unpredictable in-ring psychology. I couldn't have called that match if I knew if I knew who the winner was prior to the match, I still wouldn't have believed it on paper. That's, That's very true. That's very true. And from a smarky perspective, uh 
you know, with, with what happened with Pac, with, with their other show and everything like that, the double or nothing, I, I, last thing I was expecting was for them to put him over. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like from an insider wrestling perspective, I didn't expect that either. No matter, no matter what way I looked at it from a fan, it's Kenny Omega, but your explanation is, is exactly the explanation that it is. Omega made a fire promo about Moxley not coming over almost a heel promo. Like it, it makes me long for them to just go with it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, you got to let it simmer a little bit, but man, with the way that the Bucks, Cody, and Omega have basically been quote unquote in charge of AEW, it's kind of perfect for them all to eventually end up as heels because mm. the the power goes to their head and they're doing, you know what I mean? Just like in WWE or anywhere else, it would be a nice kind of transition into that, especially considering you have a bunch of young up and coming guys that you want to build up and there's no way better way to do that than making them the faces against the established, you know, wrestlers, right? And the thing about the Omega promo was it just reminded me how much better Kenny is as a heel. It was oh, it was holding nothing back when he was talking about Moxley. And that's the great thing about it is if we're going to get promos like that promo from Omega, I'm fucking all in all out on AEW <laughs> 100%. Like that shit is fire. That shit's that's the stuff that like it gives me goosebumps when I'm watching it the first time through. And he says some of the shit that he says, it makes me literally put my hand over my mouth while I'm watching it by myself with headphones on, on my phone going, Oh shit. You know, like that's how good that is. So, uh, all of that was, was, was fantastic. And I, I will say the, the match, you know, you you can criticize it. Sure. Whatever. I, I, I also like the idea that Kenny Omega hasn't really wrestled that much this year. So he's rusty and he's got some things to work out. He really shouldn't be necessarily up on someone like Pac, who's been champion in other organizations and has been doing matches all around the world consistently, you know? Um, but man, when he dig, dug in on Moxley, you know, going off and trying to win the tournament and then him being like, hey, I won that tournament. I, I have the t-shirt. That shit was fire. That was dope. But um, uh, the other match that I want to talk about is the main event, obviously, with Jericho. Uh, I, I felt like that was predictable. I thought Hangman had a great showing in it, but I couldn't imagine them making him their first champion. When it came down to it being these two guys, it made all the sense in the world to put it on Jericho. And, man, just based on that after-match promo that he did, that right there proved that they they made the right choice like cuz holy shit everything he did after he won the title was fire including losing it <laughs> including losing the motherfucking title actually having somebody i don't even know what happened they're they're not even they're not even telling that part of the story the police just found it i i feel like something very embarrassing happened you know what i mean like because i can't imagine them not naming the name of somebody that they found it on or being like, we have a suspect in custody. I haven't heard any of that, but I saw the pictures of the police with the belt when they found it. And Jericho, not only in a hot tub beforehand, but then fucking looking super red, holding it and being back, you know, reunited with it. But like, what a way to handle that whole situation. Right. I mean, they, yeah. they handled it in such a wrestling way. 
It's a beautiful thing, man. I was I was happy that he got it back and it didn't it didn't become this boiled over thing because you know the fans is gonna eat him alive. Next show came around. Oh my god! And, you know, and so it was just so that that would have been a, just a complete disaster. You know, right? And, that's and that's and, part and of then, that bad luck, good luck thing that AEW has going on because it's like. Yeah. Even when something seems really bad for them, they find a way to rebound. And in this case, they, really they actually do. they actually got a lot of really good free promotion from it. And so did Longhorn Steakhouse. Yeah. You know? Oh man, tell tell me about it. Shout out to Longhorn, they're good. Uh and much and and like I said, much love to the Tallahassee Police Department for finding that belt. I heard <laughs> that belt has a value of what, thirty thousand dollars, if it's, I'm not mistaken. It's a really pretty belt. I mean and and you know they're not like WWE. WWE has like eight copies of each belt. Yeah, I heard you know what like I mean? replica belts on TV and shit. Which yeah. which and in my opinion ain't cool. It, it puts a lot more prestige on AEW's title. And did you see the women's belt? Even the women's belt oh, was like, sick. yo. It and it just makes dope. me wonder what the tag team titles are going to look like now. Because it's like, yo, they, these tag team belts better be stellar. These the, these world titles have been looking amazing. But um, The only thing that bummed me out about the women's title is someone said it looked like one of those stretch pennies you get from Universal uh, or Disneyland. Uh, and then I, I could not see that after that. From the from the museum? Like, yeah. the yes. Museum. Oh, wow. That's so fucked up. I know. People are the worst. People <laughs> but, um, are the worst. Um, so, so here's my question to you. Yeah. Um, overall grade on, on All Out as a whole? I give it a B. I give okay. it a B. I can't I can't say it's their best show and I think the problem is is for me without the mm-hmm. in between stuff and without them having their weekly show a lot of their pay-per-views kind of seem similar, you know? And yeah. so I- now by the third major one like this or fourth or whatever you want to call this one, it 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 just feels like I've seen it before. So I think they're ready now to hit the ground running with, you know, the weekly show storylines and stuff like that. But yeah, it's hard because it's kind of like what I used to say about PWG. When you go to Bola, for instance, it's a three night show and you have to go to all three nights to see the entire tournament. And no matter, no matter how good it is on the third night, you as a fan are exhausted based on what you've seen. (laughs) You've been exposed from the first two nights to so much good mind blowing wrestling that it's hard Absolutely. to even it's hard to even get as excited, even if the matches are even better on night three than they were on night one and two, right? So I I think yeah. that's what they're kind of suffering from is that fatigue of seeing them go with these matches, trying to have them one up each other, and even if they are also kind of just being like, Yeah, okay. I've seen this from you before. You know, yeah. but but that's that's a shitty it's a it's a shitty fan perspective. I'll admit that because I still think that this show is really really good, and mm-hmm. I think what I'm kind of alluding to is what I was saying earlier, where it just gets to a point where you 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 can't you can't keep doing Lucha Brothers versus you know the Young the Bucks, Bucks just to have just to have that show stealer on the card, you know, so uh, things like that that they'll, they'll get better, you know, and right. their, their roster is only going to get bigger as time goes on. It really, it really is. And that's the part that, you know, as we were kind of touching on earlier, they got so much room to give so much great talent from the Indies and from the internet world opportunities, the, the AEW roster to, to the 
most casual wrestling fan may not look like much now, but give it give it two, three years, those casual wrestling fans are gonna appreciate Kenny Omega. They're gonna appreciate Adam Page. Yeah. They're gonna appreciate uh goddamn uh Jurassic Express. They're gonna appreciate, you know, Angelico and Jack Evans. And then then it's gonna make them watch whoever else is gonna come up out the blue. I mean, hell, you know, speaking of that tag match, we had the uh, the signing of of what we now know is Santana and Ortiz, the uh, artist form. Hell of yeah! X. So hell we, yeah! We just got another tag team. Oh, and that's I call, and I called that out the blue. We were we were debating on Matt Mania about who would you know where where would they go now that their contract is up. I'm like, mm. I don't see them anywhere else but AEW. Exactly. Once you once you get used to Jay Z once said this in the song. Once you get used to filet mignon, it's kind of hard to go back to hamburger helper. Yeah, right. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get used to wrestling <laughs> your way and doing your thing. Yeah. And, and making the people enjoy it, then you really want to go uh, over here and where the money might seem nice and the big machine might seem nice. You know he ain't gonna do shit but job him out. That's that's why when I hear this stuff about Marty Skrull and his contract ending with Ring of Honor in November and he, that he's he gonna go to NX. Everybody's like he's going to NXT, and I'm like, why would he do that? I'm just saying, fuck, he's not. Those are his guys. Those Those are are outside guys. Those are his friends. Yes, of course he's going to AEW. That's crazy to me, right? Yeah, like I mean, it, it it that would literally shock me. And there's there's been several people that have reported in 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 their opinion, not with any actual fact backing it up, but. Whatever, mm-hmm. we'll see. I will say yeah. this though, NXT UK also had an excellent show. Uh, Absolutely, the the takeover Cardiff was awesome. There was Amazing. so much, there was so much good stuff on there. Uh, but I think that that NXT UK and NXT getting its two hour show on the network really does open up options, and it really does give when you're talking about that wrestling your type of way, it does give that path for certain guys. I mean. It gives their them at least that idea that they could go to WWE but still be themselves in some capacity. That's what I feel yeah. like we see out of all the guys, at least from the UK roster, because I, I find all of their gimmicks to be so authentic and cool. But they're they're all being themselves from what they already were on the on the Brit indie scene, and the fans know them. They love them. They're chanting the chants that they chanted at Progress and other shows that they've seen yeah. them at. It all just works really well, you know. Absolutely, and I see. I think the 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 great thing is, I mean, Triple H said it himself. Like at this point, you can no longer call NXT as a whole uh, a developmental territory. Correct. At this point, is a territory. It's a thing. WWE. It's it's its own thing. It has its own set of fans. It has its own roster of people that they really believe in. And Triple H being in charge of the product is giving them all the creative freedom he could possibly muster. These guys are are literally doing them as much as they could possibly do them. There's some control on his part, but not to the point of oblivion, to the point where they're not completely happy in what they're doing, you know, sure. and, and it's and and it's been such a beautiful thing. So them getting a two-hour platform on network television now get now breathes life into a whole other mess of uh, of NXT talent coming out of the performance center that only gets time to shine in like dark matches around the world. 
Um, now they give now they're giving an opportunity for these folks to you know what I'm saying to, to be on TV yep. and to be that because you can you got more time to develop. Of course, you got your big stars. You got you got NXT's very own DX. It's the undisputed era. You got you got uh, you know so many other guys that can really do well, their thing. And, and you and you have this platform for guys that it's not working well on the main roster to come back and. Exactly. Retool, right? I mean, he's in that Tyler Breeze, and I just got through watching Tyler Breeze and Fandango go up against his team on on NXT this week. And first of all, Fandango looks phenomenal. You know, he definitely went back and got his, uh, as as the Rock would say, clang and bang on because he's looking better than ever. He's wrestling better <laughs> than ever. Tyler Breeze has been looking refreshed since he made his way back to NXT. So it's not this thing anymore like, oh, I'm getting demoted to to the to NXT. No, it almost feels like a promotion because now you get to wrestle the way you want to wrestle, like you said. Do you know how upset I was that Cesaro showed back up on the main roster this week only to lose <laughs> to fucking the Miz of all people right, after after that, match after that fire ass match and like mm-hmm. all of that I mean that was so like it's 12 minutes of fire oh I loved everything about that from I, I love the fact that it started with him basically being what Aleister Black you know like when Aleister mm-hmm. Black was looking for a challenge and having it go down the exact same way but mm-hmm. just everything about that the hoss ass match between Mastiff and Coffee. Uh, you know, the, the tag match I felt was a little predictable just because they were in Wales and they kept toting that it would be the first time a Wales, you know, someone from Wales, won a Wales champion or championship in Wales, all that. Like it, it had to be those guys, but still it was great. It was all great. The entire card for me was great from top to bottom. This is how, and, and you talk about watching, you know, all out with, with, with your girl, I'll say the same thing about, you know, watching it with my wife. You know, she absolutely, like, zones out when we watch wrestling. I watch a lot of wrestling. She has to sit on the couch next to me during a considerable amount of it. She tends to just mm-hmm. do her own thing, right? She, it's right. not like she's still interested in some things, and she still asks questions or brings stuff up. But for the most part, I can tell she's just kind of whatever. Uh, yeah, she watched, same my wife. Same she, she, watched, she watched this whole card. She watched this whole card. Like, she loved this show. She thought it was so great. She got so into the women's match. She thought the stuff between Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray was great. Oh, I yeah. Was, that was such a... That was a shocker to me. Like, the tag team match was very, like, obvious. And then that was like, what the hell just happened? I couldn't believe Tony Storm lost the championship. Uh, I, me, neither could I. I'm a Tony <laughs> Storm fanatic. Oh, Anybody you tell God, me, love yes. me some Tony Storm. Uh, you know, it's cool. She'll get it back. She will get it back. Or Um, I was even thinking like, you know, at this point I could see them moving her up to a different, you know, level, even either to NXT, you know, like we saw with, with Ray Ripley or, you know, even the main roster, you know? Hell yeah. Um, shout out to, to one of my favorite guys on the, uh, on the NXT roster. Um, Flash Morgan Webster. Uh, yeah. Now one half of the NXT UK tag team champions. Man. So great. <laughs> with with uh with Mandrews. Well, Mark Andrews, but yeah. Uh See, super friggin' excited about that. That was really dope. I had a chance to meet uh meet Flash Morgan Webster um earlier this year doing Royal Rumble weekend. I was just telling him how much I really enjoyed his product. He was really cool. We had yeah. we built a good rapport. We had talked cool for a while. Shit, great man. guy great dude so yeah congratulations to him um and it's a for for me it's a golden period for that because so many of these guys we have seen 
at a smaller level we've had a chance to like get to know as people i mean yes. i can't i can't tell you how many of these guys now that are big stars we sat a, at a table next to a denny's in, in yeah. Reseda, you know what i mean so it's like it, it's it's so cool to see that progress it's so cool to see people that like worked hard and impressed at such a small level get that you know get that that rub you know it's yeah it's, man it's awesome. another a, another girl that that did her thing much love to uh to rhea ripley yeah um the defeating She's piper so niven these are two girls who i'm a, a really big fan of and rhea ripley uh we built a great rapport in new york at the uh at the wrestlemania after party she was too cool and she is a lot nicer in person then she looked then she looks <laughs> to be on TV. Yeah, I swear to God, she's a badass. Because she's like, a badass. It, she really is. And 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 people killed me online. You know that whole thing where like somebody, you know, somebody was like giving her flack, talking about oh she look like a man, she's too muscular, or whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. If you're, intim- if you're intimidated by by a muscular female, fuck you. Use a pump. <laughs> That's just what it is. When you see her in person, it's really not that serious. There is a such thing as flexing for the camera. I stood next to her and uh, Austin Gunn literally in a circle talking shit for like 30 minutes. And she's very much uh, a, a cute, short little, <laughs> little girl that, that looks like she's well, like you're, really you're, Well, you're a big dude. You're a big dude. So I don't I'm know about throwing short dude, around, but all right. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm six feet even. Let's, so let's I'm not as tall as people try let, to make me out. Let, let's talk but, about a big dude, though. Let's talk about a big dude and a little dude. Let's talk about Walter versus the strongest boy in the universe, Tyler Bate. Oh, what a fucking match that is was like the i official run time bell to bell was 42 minutes and 12 Woo! seconds of the most hard hitting the most solid the how most did i not get bored in 42 minutes how did i not uh, get bored in 42, 42 minutes? minutes and 12 seconds bell to bell for walter and tyler Bate. there was not a single down moment anywhere in that match first of all i expected walter but tyler Bate. my god he hats off to that dude. Whatever he does, he deserves some sort of title. They need to make a title specifically for <laughs> Tyler Bates. Strongest boy. Strong boy. Go title. Yeah, the big strong boy title. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Because yep. he deserves it. Uh, he took Walter for 42 minutes and them insane-ass chops and that hard-hitting... Uh, no-nonsense style of Walter, the leader of Imperium, my other favorite faction in NXT right now. Uh, it's just, a dope-ass song. That is a dope-ass song. Yeah, yeah. Including, <laughs> including the, the, the the flip that a certain producer and a certain rapper did. Uh-huh. That's, an, uh-huh. <laughs> that's an even doper song. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to charge you for all of this self-promotion when we're over. Oh, I'm just saying. man. Let's, let's, let, let's go. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, but I can't. Yeah, anyway. I can't tell the people enough to watch that match. Like, go watch it right now. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Don't you know? Like, it's it, it was my favorite thing of of the entire week. That it's was that, it's it's that one match is worth that little nine ninety nine. Even if you yep. just keep the network for this month, please watch that match. Please. It was everything. Um, yeah, man. And so, like I said, overall solid event. You know, what would you rate this show? Um. Honestly, again, this is different expectations and different uh-huh. stuff. I'd probably give this a nine. I'd give the show a nine out of ten. Uh, just, out of 10. just because I thought it delivered from start to beginning, uh, or from start to beginning, start to end, and I thought it just it did everything for me. 
I like British wrestling. I've realized yeah. that throughout the years. I mean, I like, I think I've watched a lot of luchadors in my life. So there's a lot of stuff about luchador wrestling that I used to dig that just kind of is like, I've seen it a million times. I yeah. think that the stuff that they do in British wrestling is new to me. And I just, I find, I find their sense of humor to be fucking on point. I find their ideas of, of competition, you know, kind of, it goes perfectly with professional wrestling because professional wrestling isn't like boxing or something else. It's this weird, like kind of like a gentleman's sport in a way where you would go up and shake hands beforehand and sir, how do you do? You do well, sir. You know, that kind of shit. Right. So yes, like, I, it, it's I just, I just love it. You now. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's time for me to smash your face in, you know, that kind of deal. <laughs> nah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's such a beautiful, such a beautiful, uh, time again to be a wrestling fan and so from from that to to all out and then even just getting into raw and smackdown this week definitely been some interesting yeah. stuff going uh, on how how have you liked the king of the ring so far king of the ring it has it hasn't been it hasn't been great and it hasn't been terrible yeah that's a way, you know, good way to put it's it. It's the first. It's the first in a while, so I'm I'm not expecting the first time that you decide to do something after so many years. I'm not expecting it to be a blowout situation. There's still a lot of stars that you got to develop. There's still a lot of stars who should have been developed, and they're just now really getting there. Just do. I'm not gonna say any names. Sure. But <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but even but even still. Um, there's real. it's, it's, it's been, it's been good. I'm not going to thrash it. It's definitely been good. I can't, I hope that they continue and move that forward into next year, um, to where maybe there'll be some stars that have, that are, have been built leading up to that point. But, um, you know, I like they, it, man. I really they they are, it. they are building some stars with it though. And I'm glad that yes, they're doing they that. I thought what they've done with Chad Gable has been really good. And yeah. obviously Ricochet, I like the way that that, you know, triple threat match. It, it was kind of a mess, but whatever they do, they did what they did. To be honest, I hate to say it, but like, I thought Baron Corbin looked pretty damn good wearing the crown mm-hmm. and holding really? that shit up there. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want, I don't want that. But then I think like but... Baron Corbin needs another gimmick outside of TGI Friday's manager, you know, <laughs> the sleazy ass manager. That, manager yeah, yeah. Fucking Applebee's manager that, add yeah. some rape allegations against him or yeah. some shit I like own, that. I own a tattoo parlor. Yeah. Yeah. Just a gross <laughs> kind of guy. Right. But like the King Corbin thing, I think could be that thing that like gets him away from that. No one else really needs that kind of gimmick change. That's left. Everybody else has kind of a pretty solid gimmick. I will say ricochet winning a tournament in September would warm my heart considering I've seen mm-hmm. him win Bola twice right in front of my eyes. And I think that would be awesome. To have him, you know, be some sort of like fucking just consistent winner when it comes to tournament. I think he won a lucha tournament in September too. You know, just fucking consistent winner when it comes to winning shit. September would be awesome. But pardon, uh, pardon my ignorance. What the hell is Bola? So Bola is Battle of Los Battle Angeles. Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, the for for PWG. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Right. You did, y'all be abbreviated. I didn't, they I do. Didn't they abbreviate it. But yes, it's, 
Battle of Los Angeles. So Battle of Los Angeles, yeah. Yeah, yeah like um, and so what's crazy is is like honestly, ever since we've been going, it's not it existed for a while before we started going in 2014, but 2014 was the year where it really popped off. Like when you look at the names that were in the tournament that year, it's crazy. It's crazy like now the names that are in there from, you know, Gargano to fucking Kenny Omega to like, there's just so many people in it. Right. Um, but like, you know, Ricochet, he's just always, he he was, he was always shining in that particular tournament. He was a face one time winning it. He was a heel another time winning it. It was dope. But I, I, I don't know. I I think the King Ricochet handle on Twitter would fit real nicely with that King of the ring. It it really would. By, By the way, PWG, if you're listening to this, I don't ever want to see eight or nine grown men putting their fingers up each other's ass. Hey, hey, I was there for that. I'm so sorry. You you can blame, you know, you blame for that Jushin Thunder Liger. That's who you can blame. He started that shit. Let me tell you something. Do you know how awkward it was? Remember when we, remember when we came by, uh, uh, Josh's old place uh, I brought my brother with me, who was who was coming in town, and we were over there. I think for I think for one of them NXT events, and then you guys put on the PWG DVD. Mind you, I had never seen that particular <laughs> movie. And I'm always talking to my brother about indie wrestling, like and he, how you know, cool I, it is, he's older, he's and how badass it is. And then the one time I get him to sit down and watch an indie wrestling show. All these guys yep. are in a fucking worm train with their with their hands up each other's ass. Starts off and with the put it my in face. my like, really like, bro. I was embarrassed as hell. Like, I, I PWG don't ever ever yes. do that again, please. Yep. That was see. Crazy. That's that's the I thing that's there's there's these things about going to Battle of Los Angeles that are constants, and there's always a big ridiculous ten man tag match. That usually ends with some sort of comedy shtick. One yeah, time it was, that, sometimes I'm it was with that. Chuck it was Taylor doing funny. his slow motion grenade. And that was, <laughs> was amazing. That was ugh. Yeah. But, uh, but I've seen I've seen clips from other Battle of Los Angeles shows, and I was really impressed. It would be nice to go to one. It's a it's, uh, a, it's a fun I've time. I've only been to LA twice in my lifetime, so. Oh, we need know. to get you out there more. We need to get yeah. you out there more. Um, you know, I got free studio time that I can use it. <laughs> No, seriously, I got I got four hours of free studio time at Ultrium Studios, which is owned by uh, Grammy Award winning producer Yanni. Uh, all I got to do is hit up the studio manager when I know I'm coming out there. So yeah, next time I go to LA, PWG. Is it is it a different Yanni or is it the Yanni I'm thinking of? Is it like it's the- not the, it's not the piano guy that you're thinking of. This, this particular Yanni is a black dude. Okay, you ever you ever heard um you ever heard Say I by Trey Songs? Yes, yes, He's I responsible have. For okay. That record. All right, and and now he own and, and now he owns a, a a widely industry used facility in in, in LA well, uh, see, called Ultrium. So, you yeah. just you just took a heel turn on me by turning this into a promotion for the <laughs> studio again. So I want to we'll get an idea from you on the big heel turn this week about Bailey. Bailey I, heel turn. I loved it. <laughs> I did too. I did too. I don't it's, know why. It's demented, it it's demented happiness at its finest, and is and is great. Like. We talk, I talked about, well, we all talked about her explanation for it, um, you know, the next night. And it was just like, hey, like, I'm doing you guys a favor. I'm teaching you how to stick by your friends. <laughs> like, it's like, yes, it's yeah. that. It's it that, was a good direction to go with it. 
Yeah, oh my God, it's great, man. And and you know, it's what it's what everybody wanted. Let's just call let's call a spade a spade. Let's call it is what it Look is. Look at the reaction. That that was the biggest like ending like end of show reaction I've seen in a long yeah, time. Like since been, pre WrestleMania build. It's been, it's, been, it's been great, man. Sasha's been doing her thing since her return. And Bailey, this particular Bailey run, even when she was like a solidified face, this particular run of Bailey with the belt has been great because it's this nonchalant type of uh face character situation it's, it's been a wonderful thing man for bailey to, to really get a shine on now like now they're giving her the respect they should have gave her a while back ago well like, this is this like- is that thing that's actually going to transform her character this is the yeah. thing that's going to get her finally out of being the hugger and the the very kid-friendly character into being whatever but I thought it was a real smart move the way they did it. And like you said, the way that she was basically like, I'm, I'm being a role model, you know, that kind of thing. It was a good approach. We didn't need the, you know, I'm evil now kind of shit because that's not really how people are. People always see themselves still as being the heel or the, the, the hero in the story, you know? So, so I feel like her kind of like trying to frame it that way was, was a real good, good direction. Come on, what's the what's the what's the what's the famous saying from Dark Knight? You either die be a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. That's <laughs> it's, it's all of them too. Like even even Becky kind of turned into a fucking bitch. Like you know, like I mean, she had to in order to get over that hump, and it was like it, it's like a bitch you like, you know, not Absolutely. a bitch that you fucking hate, but still like Charlotte, Sasha. Bailey, Becky, all of them. They all had to they all had to get super aggressive in order to get what they wanted. And yeah, like that shit yeah. that is life. That's life right there. Uh and <laughs> who else had to get super aggressive is the B team and every other damn person on the roster trying to get the twenty four seven championship. Oh, uh, is it is this still working for you? Because I like I, I like the twenty four seven stuff. It, I, I didn't think that I would like it. And I remember when they first announced it, I was like completely like, "No, what the fuck is this fake ass hardcore title bullshit? This is whack." No, nah. but the more and more times that I see every week that they're putting good material together and trying to push the envelope as much as they can, still on a PG product with this whole thing, I I, I give them credit. For, I give them an A for effort, and so it's... I like more and more each week it's a good running gag because even when i grow tired of it like i i kind of did on smackdown this week right <laughs> i was just kind of like whatever you're doing the yeah. thing you're again but then <laughs> when our truth was dressed up as the mannequin for the ring of <laughs> uh, king of the ring you know <laughs> fucking uh the the the, the cape yeah. I laughed so hard at that. And I was like, <laughs> it's like one of those jokes where it's not funny for a little while, but then if you keep, you know, keep doing it, keep persisting yeah. at it, it's, it'll be funny again. Any, you know, any real comedian, if you work, if you work your joke over a course, at some point the crowd's going to get behind it. Yes. They're going to love it. Our so truth. Our truth. 14 time, 24 seven champion. Our truth. <laughs> 14 times. <laughs> you almost got an equal amount of title wins. Yeah. Oh, see, that's what I can't wait. Time. When he gets to 16, can you imagine the shit he's going to talk about John Cena and Ric Flair? <laughs> oh, that that's going to be a golden period right there. It's, it's going to be, be so promo. good. That's going to be an amazing promo straight up. All right, so we got one more thing, big thing to talk about with WWE, and that was uh, basically this whole Rowan acting alone 
to attack Roman thing. Mm. Uh, Rowan can, apparently can speak, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we found that out. What would what, you think? Bad? Good? I mean, like, I feel like we definitely got an answer. I don't feel like there's any further cloudiness about the situation, especially with the the whatever you want to call what he did to Daniel Bryan on the announce table. But yeah, uh, we we definitely have a breakout star now in Eric Rowan. Is that what's going he's on? An, he's we need another big guy. You okay. know what I'm saying? And and he's and he's no slouch. I mean, I've seen him. I've seen him work in the ring on the big guy front. He's really not bad. Now that we've kind of heard him on the mic a little bit, we I, I see. I see more of what I seen him, what I seen in him a long time ago, which I didn't really feel like got his just due because he was so clouded in factions. He went from one faction to a tag team, from a tag team to another kind of, you know, security enhancement for fucking Daniel Bryan. Let him be, let him be his his big man self. The big beard is a great gimmick on its own. He doesn't even have to do much. He could just be. Eric, the red bearded motherfucker, yeah. just come out there, raise hell and dip. It work. It, it it works. It works. And uh, I mean, it, it, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that we'll see a lot more from him in the future, even past this whole thing with him and Roman. But the thing with him and Roman is is, is great. I knew it was him all along, and just the way that it played out, it didn't play out exactly the way I expected it, but it still played out pretty nice. Sure. I, I think I think deep down inside, I wanted. Uh, Daniel Bryan to be involved. I think I wanted Daniel Bryan to be the mastermind behind it because yeah, that would have been dope. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, and I, I'm not completely discarding that because I mm-hmm. think that this week's episode could have been just a giant like master plan that they did, especially with all of his, you know, refusal to call himself a liar and all of that. But I just don't know anymore. I, I still find myself interested in this. I, I've I've heard a lot of people say that this storyline has been, you know, has missed the mark. But it just goes to show how interested I am when you put the the smallest of efforts into something and, and and try to make it a mystery. Try to make it something that keeps me tuning in from week to week to find out answers on. When you watch other stuff, like when you watch Impact, when you watch other wrestling shows, I mean, they almost do it to death. But yeah. yet somehow it always seems to work on me. You know, whenever yeah. they're like, find out who the fifth member of this group is in three weeks. I'm like, all right, well, I'll be watching every week until then because I can't wait to find out who this shit is. You know, like, yeah, just, and even if it's disappointing. Yeah, like, it is. I was, I, was talking to, I was talking to my supervisor earlier um, today at work about, like, how I, I kind of, I hate Dragon Ball Z for this, but I kind of get it where one fight will last five episodes. <laughs> yes, or an entire season. <laughs> nothing but throw a damn punch, and it's like, will Goku defeat Frieza? Find out next week on Dragon Ball. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, the next episode, he's in the middle of going Super Saiyan. Will Goku complete his transformation? Find yeah. out next week yeah. on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, there's you're, two you're, more episodes of this shit. Yeah, you're, kill, you're killing the narrator voice, by yeah, the way. It's really well done. Yeah, no, you're right. I've done that joke enough. But, but yeah, no, it's you're right, yeah, though. I mean, it really exactly is. It, it really is. And it works, though. It's simple. It works. It's just something that, again, he, maybe other things might do it to a point where it's overkill. I don't think mm-hmm. WWE does it enough, you know, because this yeah, storyline, yeah, even with it being as, as whatever as it has been, has been one of the main things I can't wait to see every single night, you know, and 
Like, I know it's a wrestling show, and I know they put on quality matches, and I know they have really talented performers, but they're, they're, they're almost working too hard. You know, they're almost working exactly. themselves too hard because this kind of storyline shit is, is easier on the performers. They don't have to actually do a real match, and yet it's more entertaining a lot of times than them putting on some weak-ass match for... 10 to 12 minutes, you know? Yes, and it's like, fuck all that, that goofy backstage shit, but we still want some form of storyline. It's wrestling and how you yeah. develop the storyline is in front of people, not not the backstage gimmicks, not the stuff. You develop the storyline in the ring. You make people want to tune in next week to find out why this person is partnered up with this person against this person. That's what kept you at the edge. You'll see that's why people say, oh, the Attitude Era was so great because the first time you've seen uh, the Rock overthrow Farouk and make himself the, the leader of the nation of domination. You like, wait, what the fuck? Why would he do that? And then you had to wait the next week to yeah. find out. Yeah, so no, that, absolutely. It's, 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 it's that you we we still want that. That's what we watch the, wrestling for. That's, the that's stupid ass like higher power done. thing that ended with Vince being the higher power and all of you that. Know, you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> all right, man. Well, we'll wrap it up. I want to thank everybody so much for listening to episode three ninety five. Uh, before we go, let's do our winners of the week. I know you know what that is. I'm going to throw it to you first. Who's your winner of the week? My my winner of the week was who I spoke of earlier. Like I said, Luchasaurus. He keeps nice. putting on quality matches like this. He deserves, he, he deserves every possible just do. He's the, he's the best big man in the business right now, flat out. Nice. Uh, I'm also going to give it to someone from AEW. I'm going to give it to Chris Jericho. Uh, because I think Chris Jericho turned an absolutely disastrous situation that could have been just like, like we said, embarrassing for the company, a black eye before you even got on television as your weekly show. Like what, you know? And I mean, yeah, sure. They could have gotten another belt and whatever, but I mean, let's, let's just, playing devil's advocate let's pretend that they even did get another belt and they just had the tallahassee pd department like play along or whatever regardless uh-huh. of whatever the case is they figured out how to not only turn this around into like a promotional thing for aew but at the end of the day it was quality content yeah because i mean i feel like a bunch of people who weren't paying attention to the product before just, be- just because of that headline it's like what is this? Wait yep. a minute, that belt looks really cool. What company I, is that? I, oh, had, I, had some, I had some of my baseball people be like, why are you talking about Longhorn Steakhouse so much? And then I had to explain it to them, so now they know the story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, see, now they might actually tune in and might like the product. It's who the, knows? It's, it's the wrestling promotion for, for former wrestling fans who have been out of it for a while, and I also feel like it's a wrestling promotion for non-wrestling fans that, that used to watch you know, WWE or WWF and for the most part I'm just wondering what an alternative is to do. That's what that's the place that I feel like they the part that I feel like they play in in T V nowadays and it's just gonna be great to see what happens going into this fall with NXT on Wednesday nights with AEW on Wednesday nights. AEW to me is also in a better position from them not doing pay-per-views once a month so it really gives them a chance to build up these great stories yeah 
Yeah, the, very very true all right man that is g1 you could get him on the matt mania podcast music producer you can get him on twitter at g1 to the rescue you can get me on twitter at cap underscore caveman with a k but of course all roads lead to at the steel cage uh thank you guys so much for joining us please make sure to check out all the other podcasts on the network uh we just had the glow podcast drop on from the guys over at the unfunny nerd tangent uh, over at Derek and Tim eat snacks. We're doing moonberry Twinkies this week. So check that out. Uh, but as always, we thank you guys so much for listening to everything. And of course I have to tell you, uh, I'm obligated to tell you that you can go to our shop at the steel and buy that stupid goddamn t-shirt that they made of me. But you can also buy some other quality shirts while you're there. Yeah. So get that. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't be part of that. Please go buy a shirt. Go get some Matt Mania gear. Go get some Steel Cage yeah, gear. We appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much for checking out episode 395. And remember, kids, shut up or I'll slap your dick down your throat.